Amen. I'd like to uh, kind of preach a topical message tonight on time, on time. I had decided to do this before I uh, realized that Pastor Olson was doing his Sunday school lesson on time, but I, I think uh, that they will go together just, just fine. There's, there's enough in here in the Bible on, on time. I would have you, though, uh, if, if you're not in adult Sunday school, uh, I would recommend going to adult Sunday school uh, on the uh, st- stream that. Go to the, uh, you can watch or listen to it on Sermon Audio, um, but, and, and listen to his lesson on time, and he goes into to various time wasters, time wasters, and then the pattern for time, uh, the Lord Jesus. How did Jesus use time? And that's a great question, huh? And the, the Bible is very clear that he was left as an example for us. So how did he use time? How could we define a waste of time according to the life of Jesus? So um, that's, uh, that's, that's there. And if you were there in adult Sunday school, it's not a bad idea to listen to it again if you, you wanted to. But um, anyway, so some, I, tonight I'd like to talk about some, some takeaways on time. Some takeaways on time. So it's January 4th. The year is flying by already. Already, 1.09% of this year is gone. And I did account for leap year. So, four divided by 366 this year. But again, uh, I kind of, when you're little and you think, ah, Christmas, it's not going to be Christmas again for forever. And, and, And we know that Christmas, like, it's here again. It's here again. It's here again. Time flies. <laughs> um, there in a, you don't have to turn there. I'm going to be jumping all over. You can jump to the passages if you want or try to write some things down. But I'm going to start with uh, Ecclesiastes 3. Uh, and, and I won't read all of it, but verses 1 through 8 uh, says, To everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down. And then it goes on, it keeps going uh, through verse, verse 8, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. So Solomon, the, the man to whom was given great wisdom, We'll talk about that a little bit uh, as well. Um, but, but he talked about there's, there's a certain time for things. Uh, time is important to God and, and how we flow through time and how we make use of time. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Of course, this was a verse, so jumping to the New Testament, in Galatians 4.4, that first part, uh, we know that, that God orchestrated all of the affairs of, of human history to bring forth just the exact right time to, to, to send the Lord Jesus into this world, Galatians 4.4a. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son. When the time was just Right, God acted. Time is important to God, and time should be important to us. So I'm going to give you five uh, takeaways on time tonight, and, 
and to hopefully be a help even as we go into this new year, a fresh new year full of time. Uh, what are we going to do with it? Let's pray. We ask, Lord, that you'd be with us tonight. Thank you for uh, the time that you've given us, Lord. I pray that you'd uh, uh, give me liberty to speak, Lord. I pray that you would speak uh, through me. Your word would be able to um, echo in the, in the minds and in the hearts of, of your folks here. Uh, thank you for bringing the, the Cambodian uh, Philippines crew back safely. Those, those traveling mercies, Lord, uh, we, we sometimes take those for granted. Thank you for that safety. And uh, thank you that they're here with us tonight. And, and I do pray that they recover quickly from all the jet lag and, and all of those things. And their body would not be run down and, and get sick from being tired and all that. But I uh, just pray, give us a good evening, Lord. Uh, we want to use time wisely. And there isn't anything better we can do with our time than to hear from you, O oh God to have your book opened to us and to learn precious things out of your word. Please meet with us tonight. We ask these things in Christ's name, amen. Some takeaways on time. First, uh, the, the preciousness of time. The preciousness of time. So you can jot this down if you're taking notes. Proverbs 27, verse 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Again, we've heard that verse. If it's new to you, if you're a, a newer believer or whatever, you haven't been here much, but, but if you've been around for any length of time, you've heard this verse. But again, it's easy for us to forget that you don't know whether you have tomorrow or not. And if, that, if you really let that thought sink in, it changes what we're going to do with today. It says, thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. One, once time passes, it's gone. Now, the rich man has more money than the poor man. But when it comes to time, there's no such thing as a rich or a poor man. Even a person who has health issues, well, well you're poor. I have, that, that person who thought himself healthy could be gone before that person with those health issues. There was less time in his bank account and he realized when it comes to time, we are all poor men. No one has disposable time, right? Some people are so wealthy they have disposable income. Oh, I can, I can pay my mortgage and I can pay this and I still have tons of money left over. Oh, that might be true with, with money, but there's no such thing as disposable time. No one knows how much time they have. Uh, Solomon God was pleased that he did not ask for long life. That's interesting. God said, you didn't ask for long life, among other things. And he, and he said, uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to grant you wisdom and, and, and riches and, and all these things. And, and uh, he did not ask for long life. And God said, uh, and I, I believe part of it was that Solomon was going to be forced to live as though time was precious. If God said, oh yeah, you'll live a long, long life, good. I've got tons laid up. But no man gets to know how much time he has. Uh, he was going to be forced to live as though time is precious. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in us learning to live as though time is precious. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow... We will go into such a city and continue there a year. I thought that was interesting. With, we think about this new year. We have plans for the new year. 
And here, God's saying, those of you who, who have all these big plans for the year, don't forget, you may not have this year. Uh, and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. A little time. The Bible seems to indicate that every man is poor to some degree with the amount of time they have. We don't have uh, uh, centuries to accomplish something, do we? Every man, the Bible says, has a little time. Let those words sink in. Your life is a vapor that appeareth for a little time. We could call this sermon tonight, No Time to Waste. You're here for a little time. What you do during this time affects eternity. This time is precious. And the lie of the devil is to live as though you've got tons of time. Don't worry about a thing. And when you live that life, you think, well, someday I'll get serious. Well, while you're living your life not serious, oh, you're developing those habits. And it's hard to break those habits. That appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. For ye ought to say... If the Lord wills, we shall live or do this or that. Those three words also jumped out to me. If the Lord wills, we shall live. If the Lord wills, we shall live. Tomorrow morning when your eyes open and you draw that breath, that's because God decided to give you one more day. If the Lord wills, we shall live. And that's the only reason we get to keep drawing breath. The one that allows us to keep drawing it. Oh, time is precious. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 2. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For the end will come so unexpectedly. The return of Jesus is imminent. We should live expectantly, expecting the unexpected. And you say, how could I expect the unexpected? Well, I remember a, a teacher used to say, uh, live with your, with your knee bent, your sword sharp, and your eye on the sky. He could be back at any moment. The preciousness of time. Boy, I think that one thought is good for this year. But we have four more, so let's keep going. Number two, the passing of time. The passing of time. You, uh, so, so my wallet, if, if uh, I don't know, my, my son, there's Alec. He, he, if he, goes, on a, 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 if he goes, on, goes to camp and, and maybe there's a canteen and he's got some money and he can, oh, he doesn't want to use his money to buy a candy bar. So he can control how quickly the money leaves his wallet. He can decide that the money will stop leaving my wallet. Isn't that interesting? We can stop spending. But when it comes to time, we literally cannot stop spending. You can't say, okay, I'm going to stop handing out seconds and minutes and, and, and all those things. We can never stop. Tick, 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 tick. Tick, tick, tick. There is no way to stop it. 
We can't stop the passing of time, but we can influence how time passes. We can't stop the passing of time, but we can influence how it passes. Uh, years ago, my sister gave me a little sign, had, uh, had, a, had a ship on there, and it said, uh, and a lot of you have seen the quote, but it said, uh, we, we can't direct the wind, but we can adjust our sails. We can't control what the wind does, but we can control how we interact with that wind. The passing of time. The, the school verse for the college, Psalm 90, verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us to number our days. I thought it was the coolest thing when I was little, and they would take the construction paper and, and turn it into those rings of chains across the room and, and maybe uh, school is out. The last day of school is only 100 days away or whatever. <laughs> like, ah, you know, and you have this construction paper chain and, and you take one off and you think, one? One off? Look, look at how long that chain still is. One? But I thought it was so fun that it, it seemed like it shortened and shortened and shortened. And then, and then you find that year just goes by. It seems like uh, I, I, I laugh about with the college. We, we get, we get the, the names of our students and suddenly the next email is, uh, now turning your, your, your midterm grades. I'm like, I just, I just got the names of the students. They want the, oh, now, now, how does this look for the, the final exam schedule? Oh, okay, now we need your final grades. What? What? Time flies. And the Bible says, teach us to number our days. When you're little, you think, I got nothing but time. But God is slowly teaching you that time is precious, even when you're young. Even when you're young. Teach us, oh God, to number our days. No one has boatloads of disposable income when it comes to money. There in Luke 19, verses 12 and following, the master called his, uh, his servants to him, uh, and uh, ten men, he called ten men to him and gave them each a pound. Uh, and then later on, he talked about money. So regarding money, he gave them each money there in, in Luke 19, verses 12 and following. So, and, and the master went away. Does that remind you of us? We, we, have, we, have, we have wealth that comes in the form of time and, and finances and strength to do a thing and a mind to do a job. God, God leaves us and, 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 and he goes and he comes back and he gave 10 men a pound each. And then he returned and he called his servants to him and said, okay, now tell me what you did with my wealth. Everything you had, I gave you. What did you do with what I equipped you with? Uh, and so the, the first, he had a return on the investment of 10 pounds. And he said, well, I'm going to make you rule over 10 cities. Uh, and I don't know, that, that could, that could, for us it could pick, pick, picture souls that we had this time, we had these opportunities. Look, Lord, uh, I, you gave me a mouth and you gave me a mind. You gave me two healthy legs and I, I went out and I knocked on some doors and I got to share the gospel. Oh, Lord, look, with what you gave me, I got to share the gospel. There's a return on the investment that you left me with to please you. The second servant came up and said, uh, uh, Thy pound hath gained five pounds. It was half as much as the first guy, but he was faithful with what he was given, and the master blessed him as well and put him in charge of five cities. But the one that came, 
and said, I didn't do anything with it. You're a hard man, an austere man. Oh, he received that punishment. Make no mistake, God has blessed every single one of us and he will ask us about his return on his investment. We are all expected to make a strategic use of time. Each moment of the day is a gift from God that deserves great care. For by any measure, our time is short and the work is great. Your life is but a vapor. We're only here for a little time. Leisure. Oh, it's nice to slow down. And I think we need it. (laughs) We need it from time to time. But leisure. Oh, how many times have we come to the end of a break and you said, Lord, I did some things on that break that I shouldn't have done. Lord, I allowed myself to give attention to something that I shouldn't have. My walk with you cooled when it should have heated up. I had time. I had more time that I could have spent with you. Leisure is a glorious opportunity, but it can be a subtle danger. Lord, teach us to number our days. I have fail-safes where when I'm, when I'm going into a time, a break, I'm like, Lord, I, I have reminders to myself. I remember a time where I, I messed up in this break. Lord, I, I got colder in my walk with you, and I don't want that to happen again. Lord, this break, as I go into it, I, I, I want to make sure that I don't, I learned my lessons from the past. I think that's part of learning to number your days, that you can apply your hearts unto wisdom. Uh, some people think, well, I, I'm good with my time. Uh, uh, I'm productive. And, 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 and so in college, we'll talk about, okay, so we, there's, there's scheduled time and then there's unscheduled time. So just because when the teacher tells you you have to show up, you show up, and the teacher says you have to do these things, you do those things, that's a good thing. If you can be productive during scheduled time, that's a good discipline. But you know what else is good to be disciplined at? How are we doing with our unscheduled time? Yes, it's great that when you go to work, your boss can make sure you're productive. Are you a productive person? When you're at work, when your boss is making you be productive... But how about the time when your boss isn't making you do anything? The unscheduled time, the time outside of the classroom, the time outside of how are we doing with the unscheduled time? Again, we cannot stop the passing of time, but we can influence time as it passes. The best use of our time is to spend it on something that will outlast your life. You have a life. Spend your lifetime on something that will outlast your life. It's not the duration of your life that matters. It's the donation of your life. What are you leaving behind? What are you sending on ahead? The preciousness of time, the passing of time, and then... Uh, this corresponds to Pastor Olson's. Uh, you, you can't, we have the pattern for time. Oh, you can't, when, when, if you're going to study time, you have to look up Jesus. He's our great example. He's, our, he's the pattern for, for time. Uh, again, uh, Pastor Olson mentions this there in John 8, 29. Uh, G, the Bible says about Jesus that he always did those things that pleased the Father. 
He always did those things that pleased the Father. Can we take from that verse the definition of wasting time? When we find ourselves ever doing something not pleasing, that's a waste of time. Oh, the pattern for time. How did Jesus spend his time? We see how he spent his time. I do always those things that please the Father. Oh, to to get up in the morning and say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done. Me tuned in to what's on your heart for today. That's how Jesus spent his time. And he The great example is pattern for our lives. Jesus said in John 9, 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Time is running out. In the Gospels, we never see Jesus anxiously running around, do we? There was a serenity uh, and you say, well, yeah, he's God. You can be serene when you're God. Oh, the, he left an example that we can follow. He was plugged into the will of his Father. Yes, there are things that take us by surprise, but nothing takes him by surprise. And if you're plugged in to the one that cannot be taken by surprise, you can know a serenity. Or you might even call it a peace that passes understanding. With Jesus, there was no such thing as an unexpected interruption. He always had time for his Father and for others. In our lives, the the unexpected or the things that are out of our control produce real tension. Oh, the tension that enters our life because, oh, this unexpected thing, this out-of-control thing entered my life. But what did Jesus do? He focused on the will of the Father. And for God, there's no such thing as the unexpected. And for God, there's no such thing as the out-of-control I, too, can live focused on the Father and know a serenity that only he can give as a result. There was a, a busy man, and, 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 and so people would stop by unannounced to meet with him. He's like, I have, I have my day planned. Right, Pastor Star? It's like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I have this, and then somebody's, oh, I need help. Like, that's not on the schedule. So this, this, this man, he, 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 he's like, people would stop by unannounced and, and he learned to think, Lord, what are, what are you doing here? And so the person would sit down with him and, and he'd say, well, the Lord must have brought you by. Let's find out what he has in mind. He saw life as a series of divine appointments. Um, again, there, there would be the blind man, right? Crying out for mercy. And Jesus wouldn't tell him, well, you can see my secretary and set up an appointment. For a couple of reasons, because he's, he's blind. He wouldn't be able to see the secretary. Now, you might, you might think that I'm, I'm saying that you have to be at the mercy of anyone that stops by. Jesus also does have times that he protected He had times that he would sneak away. He was unavailable. And they knew, I'm spending time with the Father. There were times that he protected. 
plugged into the will of, of his father. Times where he would teach or times where he would uh, uh, get off to the side with his, his disciples. Yes, there was. And you say, well, how do I balance all of those things? How do I balance times that I protect versus times where I make myself available because the unexpected was unexpected to me but not to him? How do I know when it's a divine appointment? I, again, it's, it's looking to him day by day and, and saying, Father... Thy will be done. Help me to be tuned in to what you have for me. And then these times, instead of becoming frustrating to him, they took on a divine importance as he would see God in those times. So as you build your schedule, focus on God, and he will help you to see what truly is an interruption and what unexpected things that do actually belong in your schedule because God foresaw them even when we do not. John 4.34, and I think this is powerful too. The disciples came with food for Jesus. And Jesus had just spent time witnessing to the woman at the well. And, and they brought the food and Jesus says, listen, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. In a sense, what was he saying? There might not be time to eat, but there's always time to obey. You get that? My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. There might not be time to eat, but there's always time to obey, to do the will of him that sent me. Yes, eating is a priority. If you stop eating, you die. But it can't be the priority in your life. If it's eating or obedience, you obey, and then you eat. Listen, Eating, a priority. Obedience, the priority. Jesus is the great pattern for us. We see the preciousness of time, the passing of time, the, the, the pattern for time. But then what's God's plan for time? What's God's plan for time? Well, uh, he wants people that, that enter into time to know salvation, doesn't he? Listen to this, 2 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years. And a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, uh, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He talks about time and, and how a thousand years is like a day to him and a day is a, as a thousand years. But then it says, this is what God wants. He wants all men to come to repentance. 2 Corinthians 6.2, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. How does God want us using time? Well, if we're not saved, use this moment right now to come to him in repentance. That's how he wants you, his creation, to use time. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Oh, we just came through Christmas time, right? And the gift from God, we have that present from God. Salvation that can be had by his grace through our faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship. If you look up that word workmanship in the Greek, it's 
poema. Uh, it has the idea of, uh, 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 of, of, of something put, the, the workmanship, something that's built, and it's the, the, the same word we get poetry from. Poetry. We are his workmanship. We are his poetry. We see that, that the present given to us of salvation, we see he, 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 we are his workmanship. We see his present. We see his poetry. That's you and me. But then what's his purpose? What's his purpose? We are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained. Way back, he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to give my gift, my present of salvation, and you'll become my poetry when you'll receive my salvation. And the purpose of all of that is that you will walk in Christ, you will work, you will be created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And he before ordained that we should walk in those things. 1 John 2, 17. The world passeth away. The days are ticking on this world, aren't they? Tick, 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 tick. The, the days are ticking, the time is ticking, the world passeth away. Even this, this, the, the earth we stand on is going to be burnt up and made anew someday. This earth will be gone. The Bible says here, though, this, the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Forever. Is that a good word in relation to time? Wow, forever. And so what does God want me to do with the time that I have right now? But he that doeth the will of God, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You do what God wants and you'll have that great relationship with forever. I like the Esther. We like this passage, don't we? Esther 4.14. Um, so Mordecai is talking to Esther. And they, they're talking about time, aren't they? Time. Esther 4.14. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, the time has come for you to say something. The time has come for you to do something. And when the time comes for you to say something and the time comes for you to do something, you better do what you're supposed to do and say. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knowest whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. God, the great key maker, had formed Esther to be the key that would unlock this situation. Not only had he perfectly formed her to be the right key, but he also placed her in the exact moment that he wanted her to be used. I, I've showed this to you before, but I, I keep on my keys... All these keys, I could tell you what they do. They do different things. They open different doors except for one key. There's one key on here that doesn't open anything. It's right here. It's a brand new blank key. There are no grooves cut in it at all. 
full of potential. A key maker with a lot of wisdom could cut just the right grooves into this to open a door. But right now, with no cuts in it, there's not a thing that it opens. Yes, lots of potential, but until the great key maker cuts just the right grooves into this to open the exact door that he wants it to open, it's of no use. Esther, God had done things in her life and, 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 and had times and, and she was fearing for her life and, and a lot of uncomfortable things and, and what's going to happen if I go before the king he doesn't raise the scepter I could be killed and, and what if this uncomfortable things and, and what if and what if and what if stop! The great key maker has formed you for this time to say something at this time for who knows if God had not brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this. God has a plan for each of us to shape us into the key that he wants us to be to unlock the situation that he wants us to unlock in the moment that he wants us to unlock it. Some will say, I don't have time. But those are faithless words. The truth is, and I'll say this twice, we have all the time we need to accomplish all the will of God for our lives. We have all the time we need to accomplish all the will of God for our lives, but we better get to it. So let us live intentionally. Not just intending to live intentionally, <laughs> but live, let's live intentionally, getting to those things that God has for us, cutting out those things that are a waste of time. That brings us to the last thing, the priorities of time. The priorities of time. We've hinted at this already, but the priorities of time, first things first. Matthew 6.33 reminds us, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Do you know how you, keep, you know how you seek first the kingdom of God? Is kneeling before the king of that kingdom every single day. Oh God, what is your will for me today? And kneeling before him first, as, as was prayed. <laughs> Psalm 118. This is the day that you made, that thou hast made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm breathing. Uh, by your will I drew another breath today. I live at your pleasure. What do you want out of today? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Procrastination is the great thief of time. So many, that we're going to get to what God wants. Oh, it's on the list. What God wants, it is on the list. And I'm working my way down to what God wants. No, 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 you work down to what you want. Get the things that God wants done first. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Yes, I'm glad it's on your list, but it needs to be bumped up to the top. We tell our children, delayed obedience is disobedience, and we adults are guilty when we refuse to seek first the kingdom of God. That's delayed obedience. Romans 13, 11 says, and that knowing the time, excuse me, do you have the time? 
Sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Romans 13, 11 says, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Now. One man was asked, how do you get all the time to do all that you do? And he replied, I don't get time. I make time for what matters. And we know you don't make time. You have to take time from somewhere else, which means that something else doesn't get to have that time. Balance has to be the key. Every opportunity is not your obligation. <laughs> you, you, again, it's wonderful to, to go visit a missionary and you, and, and you feel like, Lord, I, <laughs> I feel called to every place I visit. <laughs> I have a burden for every, that's wonderful. That's wonderful to be burdened for souls all over the world. But you can't minister to the souls all over the world. You've got souls that God has given you to minister to. Just because I could shave off some of my attention uh, for a need, it doesn't mean I should. Uh, Pastor Starr knows this too. I don't think I will ever run out of work that I could do at the office. I don't foresee that ever happening. But at some point, I need to wrap things up and say, Lord, I think I did today what you wanted me to do. I'm going to go home and spend some time with my family. There has to be balance. And I think that's part of teach us to number our days. And even that passage we look at in just a, a minute here, Ephesians 5, where it talks about redeeming the time because the days are evil. How do you find that balance? It's just by prayer. When God gives you a plan, execute that plan with eagerness and energy and leave what you can't control in his hands. I am only responsible for that which lies within the realm of my control. But praise be to God that there's nothing that lies outside the realm of his control. We know about sundials, don't we? The, the, the sun would shine on a sundial and there'd be a, a, the finger of the sundial and there'd be a shadow that as the sun comes around, the shadow moves around and you can kind of see what, what, what time of day it is. Here's a poem called The Sundial. The finger, I'm sorry, the shadow of my finger cast divides the future from the past. Before it stands the unborn hour in darkness and beyond thy power, behind its unrelenting line, the vanished hour, no longer thine. One hour alone is in thine hands, the now on which the shadow stands. All we have is right now. And we're not even sure we have anything beyond that. Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16, Pastor Olson uh, uh, mentioned this, but, but see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Redeeming the time, buying up opportunities, using them for the honor and glory of God. Uh, Michelangelo, the great painter, painted the, the Sistine Chapel and somebody, he was pressing, he was pushing himself to finish a project. And somebody came to Michelangelo and they said, uh, uh, um, you, you better be careful, this might cost you your life. To which he replied, what else is life for? 
I think that helps us to understand Matthew 16, 25. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. Oh, the purpose that comes to life when you find something that's worth pouring your life into. There is an economy of time. We exchange time in the marketplace of life for occupations, opportunities, activities of all sorts that are either worthy of that exchange or not. The carefully planned life is the successful life. If we fail here, we fail everywhere. Mark 13, verses 32 and 33. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Knowing, and, and again, that day that's coming, and Hebrews 10 says that, that, that by faith we can see that day approaching. We don't know when it is, but we know it's closer and getting closer and closer. He said, uh, that day, the, the time knoweth no man but the Father. And then he says, because of that, because time is running out, he says in Mark 13, 33, take ye heed, watch, and pray, for ye know not when the time is urgency. So three words. Selection, rejection, and attention. Selection. Based on these principles, these takeaways, what should I be busy about? Rejection. Based on these takeaways, what should I be limiting? And possibly cutting out. And then attention. Oh God up in heaven. Help me to be focused on those things that matter. We started out with Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. To everything there is a season. To everything there is a season. And there's one season that never changes for the, for the Christian. There in John 4.35... He says it's the, the harvest season for believers. The fields are white unto harvest. Attention on what really matters. We were there in Luke 19. Luke 19 verse 10 reminds us the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Those ten men that were given those ten parables, one each, uh, ten pounds what did God want them to be doing with those things? To be doing the same thing that Jesus did when he was here. To seek and to save that which is lost. Some takeaways on time. May the Lord bless these truths as we chew on them and continue on into 2024.